May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What a thing it is to be gathered together for our first in-person Easter in three years. This day has been so long awaited, and as it has approached, I found myself reflecting on all that we have been through as a collective people. As I look back on these years of the pandemic, I find that there are certain images that have stuck with me. I imagine you've had this moment, too, in your lives, when either you see something or you experience something, and in that very instant, you know, I am never going to forget this. One of those first images that took my breath away in the early days of the pandemic was that of a senior citizen standing in her nursing home room. She was standing with her hand pressed against the glass of her window, and on the other side, in the outside, her family was there, unable to touch her now physically, pressing their hands to meet the outlines through the pane of glass. Another image perhaps more mundane, is that of sporting events being played to completely empty stadiums, or schools that had no students in them anymore. For us at St. Paul's, there are many images that will capture for us what that period of our life was like. For me, one that will stick with me comes from Easter one year ago, when I came in to record the service and I flung my arms out wide and I said, Alleluia, Christ is risen! To a completely empty sanctuary. It was a moment that overcame me with emotions I wasn't even expecting, and I just hoped that on the other side of that screen, you knew I meant it. Today, in our gospel, we encounter the disciples having their own seminal moments of their lives. They've just seen the images of the crucifixion, which they will never forget. And that first Easter morning, in the dark of those early, early hours, the women made their way to the tomb, holding spices. They did the only thing they knew to do at that moment, which was to go to anoint Jesus's body, as was their custom. And I can only imagine their shock and their confusion as they got to the tomb and found it empty, the body gone. The Gospel of Luke's recounting of this first Easter day is unique in that we don't actually hear a story of the physical Jesus that greets them at the tomb. Instead, we only hear of his absence of that vacant, cavernous space that would now fill their bodies and their minds with another image they would not forget. But the Gospel writer goes on to make sure that we understand that Jesus' resurrection was a physical one. In the very next story, we hear the road to Emmaus story. This is where their two followers of Jesus are walking. It's one of the most beautiful stories in Scripture, and they're saying, we had hoped it would be different than this. They're walking, and the risen one comes to meet them, 
and they don't recognize him in this bodily form. They're not expecting to see him. But then when they sit down to share food and drink, they see him, and they know it is Jesus. And then next, in the 24th chapter of Luke, we get what's sometimes called the breakfast on the beach story. This one I love, too, because the disciples, they've given up hope. Well, that following Jesus plan didn't work. Let's go back to fishing. So they go back to the place where Jesus had found them, and they're casting their nets. And Jesus kneels down on the shore, and he makes a fire, and he starts to grill fish. And there, a body that hungers, he eats with his disciples again and feeds them. So no, we don't hear of Jesus' resurrected body at the tomb this morning, but Luke tells us again and again that Jesus' resurrection was a physical one, that he returned with a body, a body that, as we'll hear next week, has wounds, a body that walks, a body that hungers and that cooks and that eats. This is no spiritual resurrection alone, but a physical one. Now, for many centuries, we have stumbled mightily over what I had just said. <laughs> Did the resurrection really happen? Was he really resurrected in bodily form? If you find yourself having some of those questions or doubts filling your mind this morning, I want to assure you that you are in excellent company. Because if we look at the account we heard proclaimed in the gospel, we see that that was actually the very first reaction that first Easter morning. The women finding the tomb empty were perplexed. And then when they went back to the other apostles, they were accused of telling idle tales. They weren't believed. So even those first disciples weren't quite sure what to make of the story. The preacher David Luz reflects compellingly on this impulse we have as humans to psychologize or spiritualize the resurrection. He says, we do this because we want it to be easier to understand. But the flip side of that argument is that a God we can understand a God that we can describe probably can't save us. As the poet W.H. Auden once wrote, nothing can save us that is possible. And so if you, like those first disciples, carry questions and carry doubts with you this morning, I hope that you'll get comfortable with them and that you'll bring them up with you to the altar to receive the Eucharist, and that as you sing and pray, as we breathe together in this space, that you will hold those doubts and questions, knowing that the first disciples on Easter morning were right there with you. There's one last image of COVID, of this period of our communal life that I want to share and it came in the late summer or fall of 2020. For those of you who don't know, we had been recording services now for several months, but we recorded them in the side chapel. And so I entered into the nave on that late summer day, long after Easter and Lent had come and gone, and I looked up and noticed the cross 
was still draped in purple. And I'm sure it had been there all along, but I noticed for the first time a forgotten bulletin from March 8, 2020, which marked the last day we had gathered together in person. Strewn casually left, having no idea that would be it for many, many months. And it seemed in that moment to capture the whole essence of the bizarre time loop that we have been living in with the pandemic, all markers of our time gone, and suddenly, like we were in some unceasing loop of wilderness of Lent. And even though we've been gathering in person for almost a year now, it feels like that wilderness has continued until today. Because there is something about celebrating the resurrection of Jesus apart and alone that didn't feel quite right. Something about our completely empty sanctuary that made it feel less true. I don't think this is an accident, and nor do I think it is some kind of factor of our vain attachment to communities or to traditions, because I think there is something deeply, necessarily physical about our celebration of Easter. Because we are flesh and blood coming here to worship a God who was real and physical, who relied on the body of a woman to be grown and delivered and fed. Here to praise a God who rose in physical form from the bonds of death. We're here to finally be together, to be the resurrected body of Christ to the world. And so it is to each of you, to those who have expanded our community and are joining us online, it's to each of you who carries doubts, each of you who have never been more sure. It's to each of you who are carrying grief this day and to each of you who are celebrating that I proclaim the most beautiful mystery of this day. Alleluia, Christ is risen.